Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groby with the all-time great and one of only two men to run for more than 1,700 yards and pass for more than 4,000 in their UA career. Finn takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, his score. Touchdown. Quinn Groby showing the great athletic ability, did it. His way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst, Quinn Grovey. Groovin' with Grovey is brought to you by Petty Gene Meats, bringing you the best smoked meats for over four generations. Ask for Petty Gene Meats and taste the difference. All right, we are here at Agassi 7 in the Hilton Garden Inn on the roof where I was telling you guys earlier, uh, Quinn and I had a bite to eat one night with Coach Z up here. Great spot, Quinn. You know it all too well. Uh, we need to get back down to Little Rock, get you up here for a, for a cold one or a bite to eat. They're also open for brunch now, so the next time you come to Little Rock for a game, they're doing Sunday brunch here starting at 10 a.m., so just a heads up. Man, that is that is that is my home base when I'm in Little Rock. I love Agassi 7. I love the inside, sitting at the bar. The bartenders are so friendly. Um, and I love the outside when the weather is right. I mean, that's a, that's a great view of the city of Little Rock. And uh, no I, just, question. I just love it. That's my home base, man. And I, and I stay at that Hilton Garden Inn. And, uh, man, I, look, that's the only place to be in Little Rock. So I'm, I'm glad y'all are there. I'm glad y'all showing us some support. And I'm glad they're doing brunch. And so I will definitely partake in that uh, when I'm in the Rock. And uh, I know it's just Sundays only, though, right? Yeah, just Sundays for the brunch. But yeah. they're open uh, okay. yep, Tuesday through Saturday outside of that. So. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the uh, the game and KJ. We just heard from Coach talking about KJ's mentality and is feeling good, it sounds like. I mean, I don't know how much you've had a chance to be around him during the off week, but it uh, sounds like got his swagger back and certainly the way he performed against BYU. Then he gets some rest. You'd expect probably nothing less, right? Well, the thing about KJ, he's talking about the, the swagger never leaves uh, with, with him. And I got a chance to spend some time with him in the bye week. Uh, you know, on Hogs Plus, we, we did a film room session with, with me and KJ, and we were talking about about five plays from the BYU game. And so we had a great conversation there just talking about his mindset, uh, his progression, uh, what he's looking at. So if you get a chance to go over and take a look at that, for sure, because you'll get some insight from QB1. But, you know, yeah, he's, a, he's in a good spot, man. And I thought from uh, looking at BYU, I thought that the – Passing game, the vertical passing game was starting to come into the mix. I thought Arkansas was more explosive. They were 12 and 15 on third down. They had several third and 10, third and 11, third and eight. So third and long. And when you're converting those on the road in a tough environment where your offense better not give the football up because the other offense is really being uh, dynamic as well, I thought that was a growing point for Arkansas's offense. So we know they can run the football. But I think now, you know, K.J., Matt Landers, Keytron, uh, Hazelwood, Trey Knox, that core group of receivers are really starting to come together and, and uh, really starting to push the ball down the field just a little bit more. So I think what you saw from BYU from a passing standpoint will continue to be, will continue to be improved. Arkansas is still going to be a running football team. But I think that there's a whole lot of confidence when you go 12-15 on third down, stay on the field, 
because you don't feel you you have an opportunity to get behind the stick. Kendall's dialing up some great plays. And so I, I, with KJ in this offense, man, I, I, I just think that for these last five games, I expect this offense to be really, really uh, explosive and tough to deal with. Quinn Grovey with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Quinn, it appeared to me but BYU played a lot of man-to-man against Arkansas, and they, they killed BYU with a bunch of rub routes. And I just don't remember other teams playing a lot of man-to-man against Arkansas. Is, is that the case, or is that new, the rub routes, or is that just they've been seeing some of these zone defenses that they, they haven't been running those rub routes? Well, looking at BYU's DBs, I mean, they probably should have never been in man. But yeah. uh, they, they were in certain situations. Um, I, I just think KJ and Kendall, they have a great insight. They have a great perspective. Look, I mean, look, when you're playing quarterback and you've been an offensive coordinator, there's no doubt you can find out pre-snap if a, a team is running band or if they're running zone. It's just all about how you process that information and execute afterwards. So I think, I think KJ is – has been really good against man. I think he's been very good against zone as well. Uh, and so when BYU ran zone, I thought he he did the right things. I mean, there were several times where they had a high-low uh, a linebacker, and he did the, the right thing. So in man situations, you pretty much know where you want to go. You're going to look and see which one of those three or four wide receivers has the best opportunity you're going to take advantage of. But when you talk about zone, I mean, that's, that's one of those where you've got to go through your progressions, understand what they're trying to do, uh, how, how they're trying to trick you. The one thing I see about KJ, we talked about it in the film, I see him doing everything that you need to do from a, a, a QB 101 standpoint. I mean, getting in and out of the huddle, feeling comfortable with the offense, uh, making the checks at the line of scrimmage that you need to make, and slide protection, doing all that kind of That's QB 101. QB 102 is, I mean, you, you feel so comfortable with the offense now you're going to the line of scrimmage and you're manipulating the snap snap count. You're manipulating the defense with your eyes. You're manipulating the defense with a pump fake here on third and 11 because you know you want to go backside. When you start feeling comfortable about doing that kind of stuff, man, you move, you're, look, you're, you're, you're operating in the QB 102, and that's a, that's a great thing. So that all comes from a base level of being very comfortable. That, that comes from a base level of being comfortable with your receivers. Uh, understanding that your line is going to do a pretty solid job of protecting, but when you start doing that stuff, manipulating the defense to move a linebacker, move a safety, to give you exactly what you want, that's that's when it gets fun. I mean, that's when it really becomes fun as a quarterback because everything is slowed down for you, and I think KJ's at that point right now. Quinn, what was uh, I heard you talk to him about? You know the, the the play of the game. You know right before the end of the half when he broke the the three tackles and avoided the sacking and, and got the ball out to his tight end. Who? What was it you were talking about before that? The the other play that you really liked from KJ? Uh, it was a third and ten in the third quarter. They called a timeout, and most people would say, "Man, why would you burn a timeout right there?" But you had, it was third and ten. You were on your own end of the field, and you don't need to. You don't need to give the ball up. Mm-hmm. So they call a timeout and uh, come back out and run another play. They bring Keytron Jackson in motion, uh, and BYU West, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, was playing man to man. They bring him down from the bottom of the field, bring him up to the top of the field, and so they're on the left pad. And so they've got three wide receivers stacked on the left side of the of the formation, playing man to man. And all Keytron Jackson has to do is 
you know, run run the drag route. He gets a, a nice rub route to Hazelwood, but there's nobody at the bottom of the field. He turns back and catches that ball and goes to third. And to me, again, when you're playing in that type of environment where you feel like that you you, you feel the pressure of not wanting to give the football up, but you know that's what you got to do to win the football game. And um, that, you know, BYU was was really good on offense, but to me that was the uh, you know, the, the second biggest play of the game because um, it's third quarter. You're still trying to keep that 10-point lead, and you dial up a third and 10 after a timeout. And people would say, man, you're crazy to call a timeout there because you may need it a little bit later in the game. I remember that play, and K.J. had a lot of time. That, that's a long uh, developing route, and K.J. had plenty of time and stepped into it. And that was one of the plays where I was like, you know what? The offensive line's playing really well right now. They're protecting yeah. KJ, and, and they're and they're opening up holes. They found something on that left side, and they they just kept going back to it, going back to it. And uh, how do you think the offensive line has lived up to maybe the projections for this season? And I think they've been good. I mean, when you don't talk about yeah. them, I think that means it's kind of like a referee in basketball or in football, so to speak. If you don't see the referee. You know, you probably got a good, you got a good crew, you got a good game. They're talking to the players, but between snaps, they don't do that. We don't, we don't flag if you do it. If you don't notice the referees, that's a great football game for us. When we're running the football to the tune of over 200 yards a game, rushes, uh, we're doing a great job of throwing the football. And you don't notice the fact that KJ is in trouble in certain now. And that that play we talked about, he was in trouble, but he got out of it. I mean, this this offense is only giving up 11 sacks. Um, they've been very good and staying ahead of the stick. So this offensive line, to me, uh, I think they'll have an opportunity to be uh, in the Joe Moore Award uh, conversation, which goes to the best offensive line in college football. Uh, I, I just think that they're very solid. They're very in sync. And this is a group that sticks together on the field and off the field. And, and I tell you what, when you got five offensive linemen like that that are really – uh, coherent, uh, cohesive, and that, that gives you a chance to be successful. So we're running it, we're throwing it, and you're not recognizing really any one of those offensive linemen giving up something really, really bad. Talking to Quinn Grovey, the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline is brought to you by Petty Jean Meats. Let me ask you about Slusher's addition, especially against the Auburn passing attack, which has struggled. Um, that's an area where you know Arkansas, of course, defensively has struggled. How do you see that matchup playing out on Saturday? Uh, it's good to get Slusher back. Uh, Jaden Johnson, it's good to get him back as well. You know, you, you play with a lot of a lot of guys uh, versus BYU. You play with a lot of young guys. They were able to get in and play. But, you know, down the stretch, I believe you have an opportunity to, to run the table. And that's not me being a homer. That's me just looking at the, the, the remaining schedule. So when you get those guys back in the secondary, I think that really helps you out. The key to, for me is, do you have an offensive team on the schedule remaining that can take advantage of your weakness, which has really been chunk plays in the secondary? I go back and look at this defense the first three games. They were very, very good. They stopped the run extremely well. Uh, they played solid defense. And a lot of that is because nobody was able to get us out of the four-man front. When we get into the four-man front, I think we stopped the run extremely well. When we get into the three-man front, now teams like Mississippi State, who hadn't run the ball worth a dime, run the football on you and control the clock. 
Alabama pops runs in the, in the third and fourth quarter that allows you to, to do that. So the thing for me moving down the stretch, I'm looking at all, I don't think they have a passing game that can take advantage of our secondary. That does not mean that they won't try, though. They pass the two and seven yards a game, but I think that's giving them a whole lot of credit when you talk about that because Robbie Ashford, their quarterback, is completing 47% of his passes and only 144 yards a game. So I don't think they will, even if they went five wideouts or four wideouts, if you can't get us out of the four-man front, you're probably not going to be able to run the football. You know, Mississippi State, because of their passing game, they were able to spread you out. You know, Will Rogers is going to dink and dunk. You got to get out of that four-man front, and they just, they just ran it. So, I don't, I don't, you know, I think we're in a good spot moving down the stretch. I think from a defensive standpoint, I think all these teams are pretty much tailor-made because I don't know that anybody can get us out of the four down front. We'll see, but uh, to me, that is the biggest thing. If you can find a team that can get us out of the four down front, we're in trouble. If they can run it, we're in trouble. But, uh, you know, stopping the run and limiting chunk plays is critical. And I think Slusher, I think Jaden Johnson in the back will, will continue to help this, this defense be better in the past. You say in trouble, but, I mean, this is a game that looks like Arkansas could outscore them in a high-scoring affair if they had to. Hope it doesn't come to that. Um you know, when Arkansas is aggressive offensively, you know, like you saw against BYU where they're trying to utilize the vertical passing game a little bit more and free up everything else, I mean, I'm not going to call them Tennessee, but I'm thinking they should pretty much be successful against anybody. I mean, do you, do you see them potentially outscoring uh, Auburn if they yeah. do have some success? Yeah, I, I don't see us. I, I think if we continue to build on what we did on B, at BYU, we will be very effective. I, I, the, the teams we had, like Auburn looking at Auburn, they can stop the run. Ole Miss. I mean, put 400 on. If you think if Ole Miss is going to put 400 on you, we're going to be we're going to be close to that as well. And so, um, I, I feel very comfortable with this offense. And again, looking at down the stretch and making a run, all these teams have a hard time stopping a run. But mm-hmm. we're getting better and better at throwing the football. So I expect the offense to take off from BYU, be very explosive, all the way down the stretch. And then again, I talked about the defense about being able to have the ability to stop the run in the four-man front. To me, I just when I look at the schedule, I, I just see a great opportunity for Arkansas. Liberty's going to be sneaky dangerous, but uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it's still I still believe the more we stay in that four-down front and still be able to, to limit chunk plays, that'll be great. But this offense, Justin, I, I, I think they're about ready to take off. I think you're about to see them yeah. really uh, exploit some folks. 100%. Quinn Grovey with us. Thanks to Petty G. Meets. Quinn, uh, I want to talk about a couple teams coming off of losses. Texas A&M, Ole Miss. I, I kind of like – I don't like the Rebels, but I kind of – I can't. I don't like A&M at all in this game. I think they're in trouble. I, I think the Rebels <laughs> go down there to yeah. College Station and get a road win and do something they couldn't do in Baton Rouge. What do you see in this game? Yeah, uh, Jimbo, I mean, that, that whole crew. And I mean, they're they're they're, they're having conversations. And I'm certain about the, the whole buyout. And if you know, if you're a college football coach, you might wanna might wanna have one of your recruiters down in College Station because that transfer portal is gonna be hot. You know, after this year, that's no doubt about it. But uh, I think Ole Miss goes down there, and I think they're a better football team. I just think A&M is just in shambles. There's there's a lot of you know, finger pointing going on. There's just they're just not in a good spot. 
And this year five for Jimbo. And Jimbo is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. And he hasn't developed a quarterback yet down at Texas A&M. I mean, Kellerman has been the best version of a quarterback that he's had. So, um, yeah, this is a this is a terrible matchup for Texas A&M. Even though they're, I mean, it's at home, but it's a terrible matchup for them because Ole Miss is a team. Lane Kiffin is very loosey goosey. He loves being in situations like that. And man, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would, I would take Ole Miss in that situation. Took a shot at him yesterday too on social media, which you probably yeah. saw, or maybe it wasn't in social media, but it was reported on social media. So <laughs> definitely not afraid. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, Quinn, we'll let you go. The Kentucky-Tennessee game, uh, because of Kentucky's defense, is intriguing to me because we feel like Tennessee can light up the scoreboard on anybody, and obviously Georgia will be the real test yeah. next week, which also concerns me because I think Tennessee may be. You can't look past Kentucky. I don't assume that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I also think they. I was impressed actually how well they executed last weekend. Admittedly, it's UT Martin, but coming off the huge Alabama win to be on point, focused, and you know as uh, efficient as they were last week, I thought it was impressive. I think that says a lot about what they're doing. What do you What do you think about this game? Can Kentucky hold them down and make this interesting? Or do you think Tennessee runs away with this one too? I don't know if they run away with it, but I, I like Tennessee now. Kentucky's defense is really, really good. I mean, they can squeeze you down. They're they're very aggressive, aggressive, and they can make a lot of plays. The the the, the hope you get is from Will Levis. Kentucky and their offense versus Tennessee's defense. I, I think they have some opportunities to make some plays. So it's going to be two of the best quarterbacks in the SEC going at it. We'll see if Hendon Hooker can, if he gets this one on Saturday, man, boy, that's going to, he's going to be even further up in the uh, in the highest race. But uh, I like Tennessee in the game. I think Kentucky makes it close, but I'm a I'm gonna go with the uh, the Tennessee balls, man. Okay, very good, uh, Quinn. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the trip to Auburn, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, and just one last thing, Justin. Keep your fingers crossed. We're growing up, Grody's up for an Emmy on Saturday night oh. in St. Louis. So I'm going to fly from oh. Auburn to St. Louis to be at the Emmys, and uh, hopefully we can come back with a, a trophy. So, Buddy, congratulations. Crossed, That's You know, it's an honor to be nominated. and uh, But I can tell you, if yeah, someone absolutely. who sat in that room, it's better to win. Did you ever win? Yeah. Good. Congratulations. So, but uh, in, enjoy it, man, and good luck. You deserve it for sure. I hope I hope you guys take home the trophy, man. That's cool. All right, fellas. I appreciate y'all. All right. Take Later. care.